You're listening to Talking TV with Liz and Lindy of PureFandom.com. listeners and welcome to another episode of Talking TV with Liz and Lindy. I'm Liz. And I'm Lindy. And of course we are continuing to cover the epicness that is Game of Thrones. Um, Before we dive into that we just want to let you know that this specific Talking TV podcast is brought to you by OZ Codes. OZ Codes is a leading coupon search engine that has several brands who offer discounts and categories of art, entertainment, music, and more. So make sure you click the link in this podcast to check them out. And, Lindy, I'm just really excited to talk about Game of Thrones Season 7, Episode 3, uh, The Queen's Justice. Yes, The Queen's Justice. I wrote, um, when I was writing up notes on this, I put Episode Season 1, Episode 3. I, I don't know if you noticed, but I changed <laughs> it in the Google Doc. I wasn't going to tell you. Thank you. You're welcome. So, really, everything we talk about could be wrong, because I don't, I mean, I still think we're in Season 1. I this, think they... Listeners that have stuck with us know that expectation coming out, like, into the gate. So I think we're good. We may not always be accurate, but we try to be entertaining. And that's our motto. Exactly. Right. But I have to ask you if you heard, because I want your opinion on this, since you're, like, a tech weirdo and shit. Yeah. That somebody hacked HBO and released a bunch of information about next week's episode. <gasps> I haven't looked at it. No. Yes, and then they the hacker said something like and there will be more coming soon. I want to know what HBO did wrong that they were that unprotected that a bunch of their shit got leaked. Um I think this is a question for my husband for sure. Yeah. And as soon as we get done recording this, I am going to ask him when we get home and um we're going to get to the bottom of this. And why would you want to do that? Like, I don't want to know. No. I don't want to know spoilers. Like, God bless him. But my dad does that. Like, he'll look up, like, videos with Star Wars. Like, he told us right before Rogue One. He was like, look, guys, this is something I found about Rogue One. And my brothers and I were like, oh, what's that? And it was actual footage from set that someone had leaked. And I was like, (laughs) I don't want to see that. But some people love that, man. So I don't watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette. Never have. But I go on to that that guy Steve something reality I can't remember what his name is but he knows all of the winners so every time there's a new season I go look to see who's winning but I've never actually watched the show well that's different but I feel like yeah because you're not like I have a feeling if you watch the show religiously every week because I have watched some seasons and it's fucking amazing okay because it's so pathetic so you need to watch it at some point okay um I wouldn't want to know yeah because they have, well, and also with the group we watch with, we have like... Oh, you have a watch group. Oh, yeah. There's a Final Fantasy. Okay, so you're... Or not a Final Fantasy. This is how nerdy we are. A... 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 a, a draft. Fantasy yeah. draft. Fantasy, yeah. So ABC.com has it to where you can set up like fantasy drafts or whatever. That's pretty fucked up. It is really fucked up. Okay. Should we talk about Game of Thrones? We should talk about Game of Thrones, um, but I will look into that. Thank you. I'd because like why it. would someone do that? And also, well, HBO, for the season premiere, the app crashed. And it's like, why wouldn't you put up two extra servers to make sure your freaking app wouldn't crash? Yeah, HBO. I don't know why, but we decided to watch on cable versus the app. And we were fine. Like, it bugged out, like, twice, but that's because our cable provider is our cable provider. Um... But yeah, some people were, like couldn't watch the episode live. Oh, I'm pissed. I know, right? Okay. 
So, let's, where do you want to start? I want to start with in the north with Sansa because we'll have a lot to say about John and Danny. So let's talk about Sansa real quick. Uh, John is gone. She's there ruling. She seems to be doing quite well, and you can tell that she's kind of digging it. Oh um, yeah. Littlefinger gives her a solid piece of advice, and she looks kind of like impressed that he said that to her, and maybe even appreciative. And then Bran shows up. Which I thought was amazing. I think this is the first Stark reunion since season one. Is it? Like proper Stark. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it might be. So I think that Littlefinger is already starting. To, I mean, he was walking around with her and she was letting that happen. I mean, she knows he's, she can't like listening. shoo him away. She's just, I feel like she's just like, okay, like whatever. I guess. Once but, the Night King comes, Night King comes... It won't matter. Or Arya. Isn't he on her kill list? Oh, yeah. When Arya shows up, she'll for sure, like, just murder him. So I'm not, I'm not worried about Littlefinger at this point. I'm more worried about Sansa. Sansa? No. Like, being, well, I guess that means I'm worried about Littlefinger. Being manipulated by him. I think um, I agree with you in that she was totally, like, rocking it out, being a fierce leader. She was making the right decisions. Um, I love the scene with her and Bran when she first sees him. So someone on Twitter, I have to pull this up. It, you guys, it was hilarious. This person on Twitter said, um, and you can go to either my or Lindy's Twitter handle and see this. But they said, um, Sansa hugging Bran, tears in her eyes. Bran. And it's just this gif of this man deadpanned saying emotion. <laughs> Like, he was Let just like, like, he's like, I've seen some shit. Like, I, I just. Oh, my God. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, he's so weird. And why, why did he have to bring up her rape scene? Why couldn't you pick any other scene? Why'd you have to bring up that? Because you're pregnant. I bet you. Probably. But I, I think he also brought it up to let her know, like, I know what you've been through and stuff. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. And I wonder if, so because the Starks are like, in a lot of the other head houses in the North, like the Mormons, whoever, are descendants of the first men. And some of them are wargs, you know. Like, some of them probably have warg blood and don't even know it. Right. Or some sort of, like, connection to the wirewood, old gods, tree, slash mm-hmm. religion, whatever you want to call it. I wonder if maybe he can, like, touch the tree and then touch her and she can... Or she can touch the tree and not obviously not have three-eyed raven-style powers, but just see something to, like somewhat understand what he is hmm. i don't know i just feel like that has to happen in some way or another maybe with Arya. yeah she know. seems a little more in tune with like the mystical side of maybe so. her i mean heritage. she wears dead people's faces so she's open to things yeah i have a feeling her conversation with Bram is gonna be a little bit more relatable yeah um but just the way sansa walked off she's like okay like that was glad you're doing good i'm gonna um make sure the leather's on the armor and you're just you're good sitting here. I know you can't walk back, but it seems like you're cool. Um, I'll just send someone out to check on you. Yeah. Okay. P.S. Have you seen Hodor? Where did Where did he go? What happened to him? Yeah. <laughs> God, we're horrible people. Okay, so. But I we're glad he's back in Winterfell. Yes, he's back in Winterfell, and, and Arya is on her way, so I'm not sure what's going to happen when she's there, because we have the whole little finger thing to deal with when she gets there as well. Um, so let's talk about the epic fucked upness of Euron bringing Ilaria to Cersei. Yeah, 
Um, well, do you, you do you have something specific you want to ask me or just I I feel like first of all, Cersei was kind of justified in her revenge. I mean, they killed her daughter. I I, I would kill somebody, but yeah. the way that she did it and oh, the God. extremes that she went to and the things that she said prove what Alana said at the end of the episode. She is a monster. Yes, she's a monster. 100%. I think um like if you and if people are on the fence about whether what she did was it's probably what any mother would do in the moment you know if someone killed my child like that I'd be like and then five minutes later I captured her I'm not gonna lie I probably would have done the same thing but you would have killed her not her daughter could right. you imagine in you killing someone's kid for I know. revenge? That's, well, that's like some mob shit. That is some mob shit. That's some mob shit. I think <laughs> talk like Big Ange. That's some mob shit right there. That's how you watch. She's a rat. She's a fucking rat. <laughs> oh, Mob Wise, another great show um, that you need to watch <laughs> in, in no particular order. I just watch like clips on YouTube when I need to just feel good. I think. Um, okay, back to this. But just to compare apples to apples, she's had time to marinate on Marcella's death and grieve. Granted, all of her other kids have died since then as well. But, um, like, what would Ned Stark would have done? Or Catelyn Stark? Catelyn Stark was a little bit more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cutthroat. Then Ned. But... Um, she has so much more, had so much more honor than Cersei. Excuse me. And I think what, um, someone like from the Starks would have done had that have happened, just clean death. Like, would have just offered a clean death. Like, you deserve to die. Like Jamie did in the end. Like Jamie did in the end to Alana, which further proves that Jamie is still the Jamie we grew to love and something's going to happen where he's finally going to see Cersei's a monster. Um, but yeah, I mean, what she did and, and not the fact that she did that, but that she just reveled in it. I mean, she was like eating it up. Oh yeah. She was like turned on by it. Like, you know how Euron said this she was hard or whatever. And then Cersei, after she was done with that, ran and bopped Jamie. It was like her and Euron, same kind of person in that episode where they yes. like feed off of that suffering and I also think, feed off of suffering that is such a good way to yes put it. and I I also think that having that scene in this episode where John and Danny meet um, clearly paints how much of polar opposite people they are how evil Cersei is she is the vi- villain and then we see John and Danny and their interactions and the type of people they are and they are heroes and it very clearly this episode very clearly draws those lines I think 100% um Let's, okay, so let's talk about, let's just dive, I know that you want to, well, we'll go in the order you want to go into. No, I'm going to talk, talk about, about, talk about John and Danny, okay. it's fine. Okay, let's talk about John and Danny. So I think, um, I loved how, do you watch the After the Thrones? I did it this time because I, okay, don't judge me, but I fell asleep during the episode last night and I watched fine, you have an it today this morning. Well, um, he was, he was asleep. Well, I mean, you're raising the baby. Thank like, you. I'm sure it's, like, exhausting. Yeah, super. Um, I'll know in, like, maybe a week, probably three, <laughs> knowing how late this baby's probably going to be. Um, but it's only, like, two minutes, just for reference. Maybe three. Yeah, I'll watch it. So, and it's always Benioff and Wise. Mm-hmm. However, HBO said, for After the Thrones, they said, um, or Inside the Episode, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. Kit Harrington and Amelia Clark on 
John and Daenerys' meeting. And I was like, oh, exciting. But it was just Benioff and Wise talking about it, which is fine. But don't say Amelia Clark and Kit Harrington. Yeah, don't promise something you can't deliver on. I know. Like or maybe it's like something I should look up. Operating on. app, because we know that doesn't work. <laughs> just kidding, HBO. God, just kidding, I HBO. Never listen. I know, like, we also <laughs> want you to hire us to host our own After the Throne. And write a new show for you. I'm just saying, like, you need more females in Hollywood, and, like, we're both females. We could do it. Okay. All right. Anyways, so they said um, they loved how the dialogue was more to show that what the, this, they said it was this. This particular scene of them meeting was the spine of the episode. I read that. And that, you know, that room that was built by Aegon Targaryen was meant to intimidate and, you know, just sh- display power to whoever was visiting, like any throne room. And, you know, when John walks in, they purposefully had him kind of look around like he wasn't really intimidated. He was just like, oh, God. And he goes and... Uh, <laughs> Benioff and Wise said, you know, we wanted it to come across as John saying, this is just some spoiled rich girl. You know, she she doesn't know what this is like, what it's like to fight for people or whatever. And then she's looking at John like, oh, here's this like raggedy ass bitch. Don't know nothing. Yeah. Like yeah. a redneck, but from the north, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like just like are a country boy. Are you saying rednecks are from the south in the real world? Yeah, they are. Okay. I oh, mean, just- I guess there are some here. But whatever. But (laughs) equating it to like a redneck and just kind of having them talk about, you know, it it goes back to what Vary said in the last episode where, you know, it's about people. And they finally, the reason she doesn't make him a prisoner yet is because what that conversation proved was that, and this is the conclusion I'm drawing based on what Benioff and Wise said and the convo they had. What John proved was he's not bending the knee to her because he wants the Iron Throne. He has no interest in the Iron Throne, and he made that very clear. He's not bending the knee to her because he wants to protect the people of the North, and if he bends the knee to her, then he has to put her priorities over his, and his priorities are making sure his people stay safe. So she's like, at worst, he's just a crazy motherfucker that's talking about some zombies and there's no point in me, like, keeping him prisoner. Mm-hmm. Um, and at most truth, he's telling the truth. And I have to respect that. Yeah. As I'm not my father. And I understand what he's doing. Because I would do the exact same thing if I were in his position. Yeah. So it puts her in a very precarious position. And, you know, I, I know we'll discuss what happened throughout the episode but because she basically has, like, no other armies right now, she'll be in a really weird spot where it's like, well, fuck it. Let's just see what John's doing. Right. Uh, my army's stuck at Casterly Rock. My other ones were burned at sea. And I got just, like, my dragons and people here. <laughs> All right, John. Let's, let's do this. Let's do the zo- Let's do this, <laughs> the zombie shit. Yeah. And in next week's preview... It shows obviously nothing, but it shows them walking through some sort of tunnel, her, Tyrion, and Danny. You know how I am with my obnoxious theories. They're going to go to that underground thing of dragon glass. That's probably where also, like, the dragons just, like, chill. Like, I'm assuming there's a tunnel. Yeah, they feel at home there. They feel at home underground in a tunnel with their dragon glass. And there'll be all three of them sitting there. They'll all bow to all of them. Then all three of them will get on there and ride the dragons. And then you're welcome. 
See, I don't think John can get on one until Bran tells John that he's a Targaryen, and that whole thing comes into play. Okay, well, eventually that scene will happen. Okay, yes. I and totally it must agree. happen. We need to go ahead and make the t-shirts and the mugs before it happens so that we're ahead of the... You know how I feel about Tyrion writing the green one. And uh, I it, think... It, he can be on the green one. We just gotta make the t-shirt. And I think the like one that. named after Rhaegar is the orange one. Which I is think. perfect. I think. that's his daddy. I know. So no. About Rhaegar, here's a, something that you may not have realized in the episode. Okay, so... Did you find this online i did i found it on newsweek i don't know if they where they got it from but it's from newsweek and if newsweek didn't sort source their stuff properly that's not my problem that's fine okay so anyways in this episode you know john and danny are talking and she says everybody enjoys what they can do well or some shit like that and john's like i don't basically saying he doesn't enjoy fighting which was a great line yes. by the way and made her look at him like oh i respect you yeah. even more god damn it he doesn't want to be the hero he's just the only one willing i think they called him the unwilling hero in what remind me to go back to unwilling hero okay. just remind me to go back to okay that. so back in season three danny learned that her brother Rhaegar, which is john's dad yes um who was one of the best warriors ever didn't like fighting barristan <gasps> selmy said to danny Rhaegar never liked killing he he liked singing but they made that statement back in season three that's and in, right yes and in this they made a point for john to say basically he doesn't like Fighting, which was a nice little he parallel. He has Rhaegar's honor. What a great little nugget. God, I love this show. Fuck. <laughs> oh, that's such a good... See, they're already setting the stage yes. for these parallels with Rhaegar. And I think that the more the show goes on, thank goodness for people like Reddit users and stuff who find this because everything that they've said in these previous seasons has so much meaning and it's all going to start unfolding and we're going to have all these parallels and throwbacks and our minds are just going to be blown and I can't wait what were you talking about unwilling oh okay um so we're going to start doing some like answering some fan questions in some of these in some of our podcasts so I tweeted um to tweet Lindy and I some fan questions so we give you a a shout out in our podcast did we get a question um well so Daenerys Targaryen at Danny Gone Bad which is an awesome handle yeah, for awesome <laughs> handle for one. Um, and also an amazing GOT account. She has, here she has 67,000 followers. Like, they're amazing. Um, and thank you for retweeting some of our crazy stuff because you're wonderful. Um, she said, what other titles do you think we can give John to bulk his announcements out a bit? Hashtag the- bearer of the man bun. <gasps> yes. So what's the one you just said? Unwilling hero. So we could say the unwilling hero, the bearer of the man bun. Somebody say brooder. The white ghost. Oh, yeah. Oh, and someone said brooder. Sexy brooder. Sexy brooder. Um, anyways. That was my favorite. Tweet us some. Yes, and that was my favorite scene in the whole thing. I literally copied everything Miss Sende said. She was like, you stand in the presence of Daenerys Stormborn, of House Targaryen, rightful heir to the Iron Throne, blah, 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 blah. And, and uh, what's this... This Davos was da- like, Sir Davos. this is Jon Snow. This like, is Jon Snow. And Jon's <laughs> like, what's up? <laughs> I know. It was so perfect. And oh, I, I loved it. This That scene where they met also, though, it was the first time where I was like rolling my eyes at Danny and not cheering for her. Because we, as the audience, know that Jon is kind of right in this situation, even though we understand where she's coming from. Um, yeah, I'd never felt that way about Danny. Not that I was 
like mad at her or frustrated with her, but I've always been Team Danny, and this time I'm like, Danny, stop being an idiot. I think You're it humbled her. It should, and, and when she sees why Walkers, she's going to get real humbled. And I love how you said you'll be ruling over a graveyard. Yes. And I love what, um, I also, oh my gosh, I cannot get over the Tyrion John bromance. When they greeted each other and did that smile, and Tyrion was just like, you know, I trust you. Like, I I trust you. He compared him to fucking J.R. Mormont. J.R. Mormont was like Lyanna Stark equivalent. Yeah. Or not Lyanna Stark, Lyanna Mormont's equivalent, you know, because the Mormons are just so amazing. And he's just like, yeah, I actually do believe you. I think I do. Tyrion's such a good guy. He's such a good guy. And the fact that he was like, Danny, you didn't even know there was dragon glass down there. Like, just get over it. Just let him have it. Let him have it and let him go. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. We got bigger fish to fry right now. And um, I just love how they're setting all of this up. I know. And even John, you know, admitting, like, they told me not to go south. And now I'm here. And Tyrion's like, bro, like, don't worry about it. You know, you don't know this yet, but you're my nephew. <laughs> and, like, I kept shouting, like, whenever she said, like, when he said, so you believe me, when John said that to Danny, And she was like, you better get started, Jon Snow. I was like, Aunt Danny is already... Aunt Danny. Taking care of John. Ugh. They had a connection. They had good chem- chemistry. Not saying like romantically, but they, the three of them, Tyrion, Danny, um, even Davos, John, they all had really good on-screen chemistry. And it was they just, did. it was insane to see those characters finally meet. Like it was just wild. Um, I was going to point out to you another thing that I didn't quite understand while I was watching was when Varys and Melisandre were talking before, Ooh. right when John landed and she was like, I gotta go. Um, <laughs> Which I'm proud of her for. Like, she's not making this about her. Right. She's definitely going to pop back up again at some point, though. Well, she said she has to because... She says she has to return to Westeros at some point because she has to die in this strange country. And then she says, just like you to Varys. And Varys' face is all like, the fuck. But I saw also on Newsweek, they said that possibly Melisandre has foreseen all this in the fire. Or at least some part of it has seen her death has seen Varys' death, and then that it also might tie in to Arya, because in season three, Melisandre told Arya that they would meet again. That was after she kidnapped Gendry. Oh, yeah. With the help of the Brotherhood. Yes. And um, so they may be meeting again. It could have something to do with Arya. Melisandre's on Arya's kill list, I think, right? Somebody that wronged her. Yes, I think so. So, I mean, Arya's just going to kill. I love how every time we talk about something, I'm like, or Arya could kill them. It yeah, just Arya's... always comes back to her killing everybody. I mean, I just, oh, God. I I think it would be awesome if Arya did kill Cersei because it would be the last person Cersei would expect. She has to do it in Jamie's face. It has to happen. That is my ultimate prediction. That is what I want. Jamie has yes. to die. Arya has to do it. She has to wear her face. She has to strangle Cersei wearing her wearing his face and then at the very last second take his face off and be like, up? It was me. And she'll be like, what the fuck? So she'll know that her one person she cares about left in the world is dead. And boom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, so anyways, the Melisandre Varus comment, I'm sure that means something and we'll find out. Um, well, and Varus believes her. Yes. Because of that creepy meeting he had with the other Red Witch back in Marine. Mm-hmm. So he... I wouldn't say he has faith in their religion, but he knows that religion ain't no bullshit. Right. He knows that they don't mess around. I know. And so, I feel like every episode, I have, all three episodes, they've kind of talked about the Lord of Light and showed the power of the Lord of Light in some way. I mean, I think it's really going to come into play now. There's something totally. to it. 
Um, My dad brought up a good point, actually, when we were talking about this last night. Jeffy did, yes. He said, is the Lord of Light going to be, like, revealed somehow? Like, are we going to have some Vader moment? Or is it just, like, you know, it's just becoming more powerful? And I... And I was like, you know what? I could see the Lord of Light taking some sort of shape or form through one of, like, the priest or priestesses. But based on when we revisited what who the Lord of Light was or what it is. Which is on purefandom.com. You can check it out now. We'll actually link to it in this post. <laughs> um, the religion gains more power the more, like, magic there is. So in Old Valyria, that religion was, like, hot as hail, like pun intending, because there was a lot of fire probably because of <laughs> dragons. But it also, I know, I'm sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> I um, like it. I think because, like, the White Walkers, you know, obviously that's, like, a mystical thing because they were made from dragon glass. Right. And, um, you know, Danny's dragons, like, their religion's just, like, gaining so much momentum. There's magic everywhere in the Lord of Lots. He's getting all riled up. He's saying, I'm about mm-hmm. to come serve some realness to y'all. That's right. I get it. Um, okay, so I guess we can just touch on Sam healing Jorah real quick. I don't know if I really took anything important from that scene, except that now Jorah can go back to Danny. Um, Agreed. And I was trying to think about that last night. And I was like, well, the fact that um, I think it'll be Jorah arriving in Dragonstone, because I'm assuming that's, like, what's going to happen, could be next episode. How's he going to know where she is? He knew she was going to Dragonstone. Oh, okay. After she collected all her forces and stuff. Um, I think that and everyone else knows that's where she is, so he could, like, find out, especially being in Old Town. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, Sam said, the reason I helped you is because, you know, obviously, my Lord Commander, Jon Snow, um, sent me here to be a maesta. A maesta. And also, your dad was, like, one of the most honorable men I've ever met. And, like, I'm serving that respect and loyalty I had for him through you. Because you knew how much of a risk it was for him to do that. Risk in terms of his job at the Citadel and also his life. So I think when Sir Jorah arrives in Dragonstone with Danny, and John will probably still be there, saying, like, hey, your maester helped save my life because... He was honoring my house. Oh, yeah, that might help things. So I think da- that'll even show Danny even more, like, wow, this, this guy. solid. This is solid shit. <laughs> like, the North, for one, is loyal AF. And if Sir Jorah's dad believed in the White Walkers, too, like, I think it'll just yeah. continue to prove what John's saying is true. Right. And it'll only help his case. Right. And it was just nice to see Sam have a win. And then he had to go look through termites. Yeah, but I actually, I thought he was going to get kicked out of the Citadel because... Quiburn, Cersei's little dude, the creepy dude who reanimated oh, yeah, yeah. He got kicked out, I believe, of the Citadel for, like, experimenting on people. I have a feeling he was doing a little bit more, though, than, like, trying to save a man's life. Us through some, like, Frankenstein shit. Well, they did say he was using, like, corpses and stuff. Oh, okay, well, there you go. And I think he was, like, torturing people. Okay, well, then never mind. Yeah. Not the same, not the same thing. Oh, and I finally confirmed, so two podcasts ago when I said... The librarian from Harry Potter <laughs> is the same guy. It that, wasn't? It is, but oh. it's not the librarian from Harry Potter. It's that professor that tells Tom Riddle and keeps Tom Riddle's secret about Voldemort. Yeah. Where about he's the like. Horcruxes and shit? Yeah. Okay. It was that guy where he's like, Tom, that is a restricted section. Wait, it's extremely was, dark who was material. It? That was, um, 
The professor who hosted, like, the dinner parties and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah. um... I forget his name. Oh, that's going to bother me. I'm going to think about it before the end of the podcast. Okay. But um, that's who that was. Because I know we said we'd come back to that. Um, Which is why it's fucking hilarious. It is. I grossly underestimated Circe. And yes. the scene where... Damn it. Okay, so it... it Shit was so crazy, okay? I know. All of a sudden, Grey Worm and his troops are fucking shit up over at Casterly Rock. We got that badass over voiceover from Tyrion. It was so cool. And we're like, oh, yeah, they're taking him out. And then Grey Worm's like, oh, God, this seems way too easy. And then he looks like, over and all everyone? the ships are burning. And then cut to Jamie, who's like, um, yeah, we just kind of let him have Casterly Rock because we don't care. And we just took over High Garden. Boom. I... Didn't see that coming, and I didn't see Cersei. I know. I forget how much manpower the Lannisters have, and I didn't expect with all the people that Danny has, the Unsullied and the Dothraki and all the other people, whatever, I did not expect that. I was not expecting that either, and Ty- or Tyrion said, you know, hey, Tywin may be dead, but the Lannister army is still his army. Like, they're a, a fierce army. But he said they don't, they fight out of fear, not fight for respect. So I think that's a good foreshadow too. Yeah. Um, into when it comes head to head, like who's going to win? So I think, I don't know what's going to happen next, but it was really smart on her part to take over Highgarden because their Highgarden is now hers, which means the money is hers, which means she can pay the Iron Bank back, which would explain the, situ- the conversation she had. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Iron Bank. Oh, my God, deal. that's so true. I yeah. don't know why I didn't put. That together. I just thought of that too. God, you're smart. But I didn't see that coming at watching the episode. I realized that after saying, right. oh, so that's what she meant. Because she said, I'll have your money for you to say a fortnight. And I was like, You'll be paid back. I, could, I Googled it and I was like, Isn't a fortnight just a night? How's she going <laughs> to wrangle up all that money? <laughs> and then I was like, She's going to head into Gringotts and get some gold. Sorry, I know. I don't know. Oh my God. I'm sorry. That's been, okay. No, I started it. I, I, you did. I did. Now I got Harry Potter on the brain. I know. I know. Um, okay, so I guess the only scene left to talk about really is Olana and Jamie and what's going to come from that after Olana dropped that bomb, that truth bomb. Great, great scene. And then after the Thrones as well, the writers said, you know, she, we were so sad to lose her, but it was one of, like, her best scenes. Oh, yeah. Because she still won. It's one of the best scenes. Yeah, she ever. won her death scene. You know when she's like, "Will it hurt?" Nope. Okay, cool. Drinking it. Oh, P.S. I killed your son. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "What?" It was so good, so good. She's such a badass, and uh, I I liked that scene one because we saw that Jamie still has his humanity, and I mean you can tell he agrees that his sister is kind of a monster, but his downfall is that he loves her no matter what. And, and she I, called him on that. Oh yeah. She and called him on it. I don't think no matter what she does, I don't think he's gonna betray her. And I think that's why he's gonna have to die in the end, because even with his path of redemption from the from the last couple of seasons and them showing that he is a good guy, I don't think there's anything that he would do to betray or hurt Circe, although he does also love Tyrion. I mean, we saw him kind of give him some mercy whenever it was that Tyrion fled and Jamie knew. Mm-hmm. So I think if Jamie and Tyrion come face to face, even it, though he killed her dad, yeah, I mean I because so now too. he knows, and now he knows. Okay, you didn't kill my son. He's probably gonna tell Cersei, like, hey, he didn't, he didn't kill Tyrion. Didn't do it. Yeah, Tyrion that's the whole reason. But she's, she's trying... not even gonna care. She's a bitch. 
Yeah, she'll want him dead anyways. She was just looking for an excuse to further her mission to kill him. Oh, yeah. She's such a brat. God, I can't stand her. Okay. Okay, so you looked up some crazy theories, right? I have two theories. One is kind of weird, and I don't understand it, but I'm going to see if you've heard if it. If we can, like, break it down. So I'm calling it the blue flower theory, and I read it on Refinery29. Again, I don't know where they got it, but that's not my problem. Okay, this has to do with John and Danny. Okay, so in the books... This is about when, the flashback, when Rhaegar um, passes on his horse, he passes by his own wife, and he goes and lays the Queen of Beauty's laurel in Lyanna's lap, a blue, it says he could see it still, a crown of winter roses, blue as frost, and talked about like a blue flower or some shit. Do you remember Yeah. Well, that's in our Mormon theory. That's what kicked off the whole... Well, I wasn't in that one. So then this ties into, then in the shows and in the books... Danny in the House of the Undying episode, which was like what season two? Oh yeah, where she go, where she's in the that city and that mm-hmm. the hall of whatever. Yeah, the dragons. And in the book, it says a blue flower growing from a chink in a wall of ice, filling the air with sweetness. And it was possibly like a flash forward of some kind. People are saying that that is representative of John and Danny's meeting, and just like Leanna and Rhaegar had a baby, and the blue flower was in play, that perhaps John and Danny will have a baby because this blue flower was there. Okay, I'm not sure I followed, but I kind of did. So okay. basically, when Rhaegar's at that tournament and he passes by his wife and gives Lyanna those blue flowers. And then they end up having a baby. They end up having a baby, and then Danny sees blue flowers in that crazy house. In the wallet, and it says something, a chink in the wall of ice. It's a blue flower in the chink of a wall of ice is what it says. Oh, it just says that in the book. Does it show mm-hmm. it in the show, too? Yeah, it shows the flower. Oh, but in the book, I believe okay. so. But then in the book, it says a blue flower growing from a chink in a wall. Oh, okay. It's supposed to be p- perhaps like a prophecy of sorts. I w- am going to argue them having a child and say if the flower is growing through ice, I think it's a foreshadow to let her know. Because the blue flower represents John, obviously, because it came from his mom and dad whatever um i i think and it growing through ice shows like he grew up in the north he's from the north he's from the wall it's a foreshadow to her that that john is the baby duh yeah and she she obviously believes in mystical stuff because of her dragons for one and you're a mazdor fucking with her husband exactly and the vision she saw while in that house so i think um that may come to fruition as well. Or it's just a nugget for the audience. That yeah, or it's just a cool really nugget. really crazy happened to figure right. out. I don't think, I think them having a baby is, I don't like that theory. Be, one, because. No. No. And two, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. The flowers already represent John. So I think it's a foreshadow about John. See, I knew if I brought this up, you'd have an answer. That's why I brought it up to you. You're welcome. That's just my take on it. No, I think, I think. that makes a lot more sense. Because I never thought John and Danny would have a baby. So what you're saying makes sense. Okay. That's an awesome nugget, though. That's cool. I need to go back and look up that scene now. I know. And yeah, because I may have misspoke. But again, like we said in the beginning, we're not about accuracy here. Well, okay. it's in the books, too. Somewhere so. in there. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is the second theory. And this is something that you and I have personally probably talked about. But I don't think we've ever discussed on the show. Okay. Um, so this theory originated with a Reddit user called Turmoil26. And it's about... Turmoil26. 
Um, uh, yes, and the O is actually a, a zero if you are wanting to look that up. Oh, okay. So this is about Bran being the Night King. First of all, we should address the fact that Bran is probably the Three-Eyed Raven, especially after what he said to Sansa. Was, oh, it gets confusing. I think he's totally the Three-Eyed Raven. Wait, what do you mean? Like the old, he's the old man? He is the old man, I think. Okay, which we have talked about in some of our yes. uh, Comic-Con panels, but agreed, right. I don't think, on this show. We might have to have a whole podcast dedicated to Bran. But this is about Bran being the Night King. So I'm going to read you the Reddit user's main theory, okay? Okay. says, the last time Bran goes back, this is what they think happened. So the last time Bran goes back all the way in time, they're saying, to where the Night King was created, because remember we saw Bran watch that happen. He goes to warg into the human that later becomes the Night King. He wargs into him to instead stop the dragonglass into the heart event thing from happening. Only he doesn't think this person has poor poor writing. Okay, so then he doesn't think that the children of the forest would recognize him from the future and that they at that point are in a war with the first men, blah, 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 blah. When he realized that he has failed again, he tries to go back into the current timeline, but can't because he's too deep into the past and stayed too long. And they mention a quote that um, the Three-Eyed Raven said to Brandon in season six, episode two, where he said, it is beautiful beneath beneath the sea but stay too long and you drown then the theory goes on from here Bran gets stuck in the past exactly as Brynden and Jojen warned him not to do and actually becomes the Night King um we know that there's some link between the Night King and Bran I mean we saw that last season when he was touched by the Night King and we saw some funky stuff happen um some people propose propose that this is because they share the same consciousness and also that when Bran watched the flashback scene of the Night King getting stabbed in the chest, Bran held his chest. And some people are saying it's because of that stream of consciousness and that it was actually him and maybe more of a memory. I love this theory. Um, and I think it could totally be true. And we've already, it's already been proven that, I'm assuming you're asking my thought on this. I do, Yeah, okay. I want to know your um, thoughts. So it's already been proven, and we've talked about this in... Um, previous podcast from last season about how the timeline is a continuous loop it's not like you can go back and change something like everything it like threads through time not just like oh I'm gonna go back and change this event and it'll change everything um I love that it also I love the whole inception part of it like you can't go too deep yeah and the three-eyed raven aka maybe him warned him about that um I think it's 100% possible. And that totally explains his connection with the Night King. Yeah, because it was bizarre. And it was very... Um, what's the word I'm trying to say? The way that they portrayed it, like they made a point to show you, like, oh, something funky's happen- happening here. And also my yeah. theory about Bran b- breaking the magic of the wall was apparently wrong because they didn't show, show that. But I think that he could be the Night King. I think it's a brilliant theory. Mm-hmm. And I think Bran... Bran is going to be the key to a lot, and I think that he's the Night King for sure. 100%. And the fact that he's in Winterfell now, and he has a Wyrwood tree to, like, further understand what he's doing, um, and because he's so, like, deadpanned and, like, has accepted his role, I think he'll 100%, like, sacrifice himself in some way that he figures out he needs to once this whole war against Winter goes head-to-head. Um Ooh, I like this. I, yeah. yeah, I think we need to do a whole th- 
podcast like on this theory like five brand theories yes because there are so many about him and I know we have more theories that we've talked about with him we did do a brand theory podcast at the end of last season it was um like a couple ways brand so it'd be fun to revisit those theories in addition to this one and see like how we can Rework them based on what's happened. Rework them? Oh, oh okay. Sorry. No, I love that. Sorry. That was aggressive. <laughs> um, but I appreciate it. Okay, I um, think I think that's it. We didn't see Arya. We didn't see... Beric Dondarrion or the Brotherhood or the Hound. But a lot of shit moved forward. A lot of shit moved forward. I am so impressed with the season so far. I think every episode has been freaking amazing, mm-hmm. perfect, Every single scene I thought has been important and really, really well done. I've been impressed. It's been awesome. And it would be really nice if this baby came due date or after (laughs) so we can record another podcast. I don't think people would care if your baby was, like, crying in the background. I know. I was thinking about that. I was like, well, as long as the baby wasn't born on a weekend. Oh, my God. Like, we could still. You know you're addicted to Game of Thrones when. I know. (laughs) When you're like, um, actually, can you not induce me until Tuesday afternoon? I record on Mondays. (laughs) Anyways, um, I think that's it, right? tweet us if you have. We want to know your thoughts about the blue flower theory and also about Bran possibly being the Night King. So if you have a theory about it, go ahead and you can tweet at pure underscore fandom. Yes. Um, and let us know what you think. Tell us if we're missing a key component here and we sound like idiots or tell us if we're geniuses. Either way, we want to know. Oh, we also have our Game of Thrones Facebook group. That's hopping again. So I'll put the link to that as well because that'll be fun to put some theories into. Yes. And start some discussions. And this weekend is Wizard World Columbus. So Liz will not be joining me, but we'll have our one of our amazing writers, Jackie. Woo-woo. Um, and we'll be doing a Game of Thrones panel there like we like we typically do. If you've been to one, you know. And obviously we have more more theories than ever to discuss. Mm-hmm. So we might just be there for like two and a half hours and we'll tell the convention center to piss off and we'll just talk about Game of Thrones all night so if somebody can just bring me a beer, that'd be great. <laughs> um, but we'll also be moderating for David Tennant. I'll be freaking out. Um, Which is always a fun one. He's so amazing. Yes. Catherine Tate, uh, a bunch of other people. Just look on our Facebook, Twitter, Ooh, Instagram. Ray uh, Park. Yes, Star Wars. Darth Maul. So for those of you that love Star Wars, that'll be pretty cool. Some Buffy people. Oh yeah, you're doing the Buffy reunion, which is always great. The Barry. Um, Barry the boss. Barry the boss. Barry the boss. Boss. Um, yeah, that's gonna be. And Kate Beckinsale will be there as well. Oh my god. I yes. think our buddy uh, Victor Danridge is moderating her, right? Oh yeah, they've got great chemistry. Yep. On stage. Um, There's a bunch need, of people. If you have time, if you're not in another panel, to watch that one. I'm not going to be watching it. I'm back-to-back on Saturday. Dang it. I just want to know. I know she is, though, but I just want, like, confirmation that she is that perfect in person. Yeah, I am so glad that I'm not moderating her. Like, I don't ever want to sit beside her. Yeah, you would. I mean, I would. I wouldn't advise. I would just, like, crumple up in the corner of the couch and be like, it's Kate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not here. It's perfect. I did want to do I hate myself. I hate myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay, but anyway, so Columbus, and then we'll have some more cons coming up, so make sure you stay tuned, in in tuned, tune in to our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And we have promo codes for a lot of these cons, too. So check out our Instagrams. Pure fandom, when you check out, and you'll get get a little discount. You don't have to pay as much to meet all your favorite people. 
to meet all your favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks again to our sponsor, OZ Codes, for sponsoring this podcast. Thank Make you. sure you check them out. And I guess that's it. Until next time. Capes out. out.